I'll be reading from Galatians 5, verse 4. Hold close to your face. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against, no against such things there is no law. <laughs> Everyone, Michael Garcia in the house. Unbelievable. You know, uh, next time, I, you know, Michael Garcia actually approached me in the last service we had, the outdoor service, and he said, hey, uh, are you looking for volunteers? And I said, yes, we're always looking for volunteers. And he said, can I read a scripture next, next time we have outdoor service? And we said, yes, you can. Then he said, can I also do a stand-up routine before I read my scripture? And I'm only just a little disappointed he didn't do a joke. Because uh, I, I told him, yes, say a joke. But, uh, you know, he, he just went straight to scripture. But uh, amazing young man. And I think maybe after services you could ask him to tell you a joke or two. Because he is... Uh, a budding star, and we're so lucky to have uh, him and his family uh, here. And uh, it is good to see you all. You are the brave ones that have braved the cold Texas fall. <laughs> you at home uh, watching, maybe you were the smart ones by staying at home, but I tell you, uh, it is wet, a little bit wet out here, but it is worth it to be together. And it's good to see everyone that's here today. I do feel a little bit distant. Uh, from you. you, normally we have the camera right here, and but we decided to move it a little bit closer. Uh, so maybe in the coming weeks, feel free to come closer uh, to the sidewalk so we can feel a little bit more intimate. Uh, but it is so good to see you, and I do want to kind of begin with an informal poll, uh, a poll that's very, you know, it's a serious poll. And if you could raise your hand or not raise your hand, depending on how you feel about this. But here's the question that I'm wrestling with: Is it okay to decorate for Christmas? already no so that's the question is it okay to decorate for christmas and listen to christmas carols and put your christmas decorations all over your house at this day of the year if, if you if you think that it's not okay will you please raise your hand <laughs> all right i want to see those that think it's okay to decorate for christmas oh we got some people in the back all right we have some of those that really love christmas uh, anyway, this is a, you know, it's, it's a constant debate in my mind, you see in the Christmas uh, decorations, I wrestle with it because I feel like we're not giving Thanksgiving the respect that it deserves. Uh, amen. That's right. Um, but anyway, uh, I also love Christmas, and so uh, I love the idea of Christmas. And so I know for those in the back, I don't, uh, no judging here. Uh, do what you will. But uh, today's exciting because we are beginning a new series, a sermon series on the book of Galatians. And, uh, of course, Galatians is the book in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. And this is what I'm excited about. Is this is going to be an exegetical study. And so what we're going to do is we're going to get our Bibles out, and we're going to read verse by verse by verse. And by the end of the series, we are going to read the entire book of Galatians together. And what we're going to do is we're going to read a passage of Galatians, and we're going to stop and talk about it. Then we're going to read some more, and then we're going to stop and talk about it. And then we're going to read some more, and we'll stop and talk about it, and then we'll run out of time. 
And uh, what we hope to do is uh, we're going to do as much as we can on Sunday mornings. And then during the week, we have a podcast that we put out, and we're going to continue the rest of the chapter on the podcast. And so we're going to try to tackle a chapter a week, and because uh, six weeks from now is December 20th, which on that date, it is okay to decorate for Christmas, because it's uh, a week before, uh, less than a week before. Uh, and so we'll begin kind of our Christmas uh, time sermon there, but uh, from now until then, for the next six weeks, we'll be in Galatians, and there's six chapters in Galatians, so each week we're going to tackle a chapter. We're going to do what we can on Sundays, and then uh, whatever's left over, we're going to tackle on the podcast. So uh, if you are not connected to our online uh, docu- uh, online services or our online uh, content, uh, this is something that I want to encourage you to look for. There's some great stuff online right now. We put it out there on the Wednesday email, so if you're not getting the Wednesday email, please uh, contact the church office, or we'll put it on the website. But uh, this is a way that we can really tackle the content that we want to with the limited time that we do have. So if, without any further ado, if we could, just go get your Bibles out. And uh, we're going to start reading. Start reading in Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. And uh, we'll read today, I think we'll get to probably uh, verse 10. I'll back up a little bit <laughs> for those at home. Uh, today, uh, we'll read until verse 10, and then we'll, uh, we'll tackle the rest of chapter 1 uh, on our podcast this week with uh, probably a conversation later. So, verse 1 of chapter 1 in the book of Galatians. And I'll be reading from the New International Version. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So this is the first five verses in the, uh, the book of Galatians. And a couple things we can glean already from this passage. Three things, in fact. Number one is who's the author? Paul. We can tell <laughs> the first word tells us who wrote this book. The author is Paul, and in the very first verse, he even presents his credentials right off the bat. Paul is an apostle. It's, 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 a, it's another level of, of connection someone sent to share the good news. There's a certain level of authority that comes with this word apostle. And this apostle is not sent by men. You can see right off the bat, this apostle is sent by God. Number two, uh, we can glean from the, the first five verses that this passage was intended for the recipients of the churches in Galatia. So uh, Galatia is right now, if you were to look at a map, it would be modern-day Turkey, in the center of modern-day Turkey. And these are churches, uh, several churches, that Paul and Barnabas, during their first missionary journey, they were traveling around, planting churches, and they got to this part in southern, southern Galatia, and they visited several cities, and they started churches there. And there are several churches that were in this region and so this is a letter to these churches that are there in that particular region, region in southern Galatia. Many people believe that this was probably written about 50 years after the birth of Christ, A.D. 49, A.D. 50. And what happened was, there's a little bit of background behind this book, a little bit of controversy, a little bit of juicy stuff. Number one is, uh, this was after the first missionary journey, and uh, Paul and Barnabas, they returned back to Antioch. 
And when they returned back to Antioch, what happened was is they received some negative feedback from some of the uh, Jewish Christians that were there in Antioch. And what happened was is they said, Paul, you are too soft. You're making this gospel thing too much of a good news. In fact, you're making it too easy for the Gentiles to become a part of this collective, this, this community. In fact, some of these people who felt so strongly that Paul had watered down the gospel, they had even traveled to these cities after Paul and Barnabas had left. They traveled to these cities and they began preaching a different gospel. They began preaching something different that Paul had preached. And what was the big controversy is what happens to Gentile Christians, right? This is the controversy because some of the people in Antioch said that in order to become a Christian, you first had to become a Jew. You had to do the, 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 the things that Jews did, even, you know, circumcision, which is hard to imagine. But you had to, do, you had to become a Jew first before you could become a Christian. So this is the big controversy that's happening right now that kind of is underneath this whole book where people had gone over to these churches in Galatia and began to preach something different than Paul had intended to preach. And here you can see number three that we can glean from the first five chapters, or five books, the first five verses, is that Paul is not having it. Paul is a little bit irritated. Paul is going straight to the point and He's upset that these people have come and shared a different gospel than what he had presented to the churches earlier. And so, you know, normally, you can tell by this, because normally what happens in these letters is that Paul, he says his introduction, and then, and then he says, grace and peace to you, and then normally he says, I thank God for you. <laughs> you know? Like you see in Philippians, you see it in the Corinthians, you see it in other, other uh, letters that Paul written, uh, that Paul writes to churches. But what is a glaring omission in Galatians is that particular part. Paul skips that part. He is not thankful. <laughs> he might be thankful. We didn't express that thankfulness. And he, he goes straight to the chase. And he even begins by articulating his credentials. I mean, it's almost like he has something to prove. Hey, I'm Paul. I'm an apostle. Not sent by men, but by God. I've got something to say to you based on some of the the lies that you have been fed since I was last there. So let's continue with uh, what Paul says, because he goes straight to the chase and doesn't even go to that I'm thankful part. In verse 6, he goes, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. All right, let's pause right there. A couple of insights based on these verses. Number one, the book of Galatians is about the gospel. This is a book that will go deep in defining and interpreting and explaining what the gospel is. The gospel is the good news. In fact, in these particular verses, if you also carry it on to verse 9, the word gospel is used five times. I think this is important for us to glean, also to pause and think about this, because sometimes we think that the gospel, the gospel message, is only for non-believers, for people who aren't a part of this community, who aren't seeking Jesus. Sometimes we think, hey, I'm going to share the gospel, and we think that's the, the entry point. And from there we stop. And we, we do other things. We, we, we talk about more important matters. 
But this is a very important distinction that we need to make. This book, Galatians, is written to existing Christians. These aren't people who are searching, you know, they're not people who, who are, are non-believers. These are Christians, and Paul dedicates an entire book to this topic of the gospel. This is not just for new Christians. This is for all of us, for Christians who have been around for two days to 20 years. I mean, right now, there's a whole spectrum of people in our, in our uh, stages of faith. People have been in the church for just months. But there's people that have been in church their whole life. I mean, Sadie is here. Sadie is 102. Where is Sadie? I can't even see her right now. Oh, there she is, right in the middle. She's 102 years old right now in our presence. Amazing. And she's been going to church her whole life. But this also is a message for her. As much as it is, as it is for my boys that are sitting next to her and my nephew, who is just a, a year and a half, two years old. This is a message for everybody. We can't stop talking about the gospel. And this book in Galatians, we're going, to, we're going to continue and explore what this gospel message is. So that's number one. This is about the gospel. Number two, these verses tell us that there are different ways to teach the gospel. And some of them are not right. Some of the ways to teach the gospel are, in Paul's words, perverted. And it's an interesting choice of words there. Because the English translators use that and translate that word to perverted. But literally what this word means in the Greek is reverse or to turn inside out. What it means is that the order is wrong. That, that, that what should be beginning is at the end. What's at the end should be beginning. It's reversed. It's, it's not taught in, in the right way. It's been switched. It's been reversed. And it's, it's an important lesson that when there are things in life, including the gospel, where order is important, where, where we start is important. I mean, there are certain things where, with, with theology and God that we need to start with an understanding that God first loved us, that grace is a gift given to us. So, you know, here's the question. Does, does God love us, and therefore we love God, and, and we, because of this love, choose to live a good life of love? Or is it the other way around? where we live a good life, where we make good choices, and because of those choices, God loves us. You see that distinction, right? You see that distinction? Where's the starting point? Is it perverted, or is it in the correct order? Or, here's another question. Does, does God do something magical and amazing and completely accepts us, and then we owe this is a debt of gratitude towards God? Or is it the other way around? Where we do something, and we do something so amazing, and we accept God, and God is in turn owes us something. Do you see this? This distinction that Paul is making? We can't change the order of the gospel. Where we begin matters. Is it our actions and our deeds that bring us in communion with God? Or are we accepted by God in, in communion with God because of the cross? And because of that, we have these actions and deeds that flow out of love. Order matters. When I think about this with my kids, uh, you know, there's, how many parents are out there? And, and future parents, I know Allison, you're a future parent, so get ready. Get ready for this. But parents, parenting is a hard, a hard gig. It's a lot of work. It takes time and effort. It's expensive. I mean, there are times in our marriage, in Tara and I's marriage, especially when the kids were young, we would be going to sleep 
And this was time when our kids would wake up in the middle of the night, and instead of saying good night, we would look at each other and say good luck. I mean, this is a hard gig. I mean, parenting where you drive here and there, and it can be expensive, especially because they eat so much. They eat three times a day, every day of every year. It's amazing. And you can see they get bigger and bigger, and they eat more and more. I mean, the other day, I went to Subway with my boys, and, you know, it used to be a six-inch sandwich where we eat. Well, there came a day a, a year or so ago where my boys said, you know, Dad, I'm still hungry. Can I have a foot long? I was like, oh, my goodness, a foot long? And I said, well, if you can eat it. So sure enough, for the past year or so, they've been eating a foot long at Subway. The story isn't in there. The other day, I went to Subway, and there's my son, Kellen. He eats a foot long. He looks at me and says, Dad, can I have another foot long? I almost fainted. This is the deeds, the work, the money that's spent towards our kids, right? It's expensive. It's hard work. It's a, it's a lot to do. Now, here's where order comes into play. Where do we begin? Is it a perverted or is it correct? Where do I start? Do I do these things? Do turn I do these things? Do we as parents do these things for our kids so that we can love them more? No, that's only gonna, it's only going to breed resentment and anger. The reason we do these crazy things as parents, the reason why we spend the money and we spend the time doing these things is because we absolutely love our kids un, unabashedly. And because of this love, we choose to live a life of service and helping them grow and become the people that they can be. We, we do these things because when they were born, we held them in our arms. And as a baby, we looked into their eyes, and just because they were breathing, just because they were alive, we loved them. They didn't do anything to earn it, anything to deserve it, anything to warrant it. In fact, there was nothing they did, but they just existed, and we loved them so much. This love propelled us into a life of service and agape love towards them. This is how it goes. Order is important. We love because why? Because God first loved us. We begin with the act of grace. We begin with the cross. We, we begin with the gift of salvation. We, be, we begin with this given to us as, as, as followers of God. And then that in turn helps us become, live that life of love that we desire. That's where the fun begins. The order is important. And there are so many people in that age, in that day in, in, in Galatia, that were saying, you need to do this. You need to, to practice the Jewish practices first. Then you can be in God's presence. You need to be circumcised first. Then God will love you. And even today, we can fill in the blank. You need to do this before you're accepted. You need to do this before you're in. You need to do this before... This is perverting the gospel in the words of Paul. The gospel is freedom. And the gospel is, is the good news that it's a gift given to us. And because of this gift, the gift of salvation, we are propelled into a different life. We become new creations. Let's continue because Paul thinks this is so important. He goes in verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. We'll pause real quick. 
you can see how important this is, the order of things. Where do we begin when it comes to the gospel? That even if an angel were to come and preach a different gospel, an angel, I mean, imagine this. Let's say Gabriel comes down in 2020 and he gets invited to the Tonight Show and to CNN and to Fox News and this angel is there, Michael's there and he's doing all these this tour, doesn't even give him a concert. But this angel is preaching a different gospel than what's found in this, in this book. It doesn't count. I mean, it, it's wrong. It's perverted. It's switched. It's wrong. So even if there was some amazing angel coming down preaching a different gospel, the, the message is more important than the earthly messenger. The gospel is, is what is the, the heart of it and where we begin with that gospel. Let's continue in verse 10, and this will close us out today. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. This particular verse is where we're going to close today because it's a question that I want you to wrestle with. And I want you to ask yourself this very question because this is an issue I think we all face. Are you trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Are you trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Are you trying to please people? Here Paul says that's not the game you want to play because the grace that he talks about, the gospel, he talks about it leads to freedom. And it leads us to a freedom from this type of enslavement. You see, being a Christian, the gospel is freedom from having to live a life where we dictate our actions based on what other people think of us. We are free from that because we know, because the gospel says it, that we are loved just because we exist and because we are created by God. That is the starting point. We don't have to earn it. Our value is already written. God looks at us. He created us and says, you are wonderfully made. This is the starting point. I had a conversation with a, a young mom not too long ago. And this younger mom, uh, she was struggling with the perception because she had chosen not to work outside the home and uh it's you know everyone else you know so a, lot of her, a lot of her peers had jobs you know, they were working in the in, the, in the, the career path but this particular mom had chosen to stay home and be there as at, at the house and not choose a career to, to, to stay home and she was talking to me about just some of the the, the feelings that she feels of judgment from other people that there's a little bit of insecurity there where some of the people feel, well, oh, man, she should be working. You know, why isn't she <laughs> using her life to, 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 to make money? And, and why is she choosing to, to choose like a lesser role instead of you know, contributing to the economy you know, in, in, in her eyes? But this is where the gospel comes in. Is that if we truly believe what the gospel says, is that we don't have to worry about what others may perceive and think of us. We don't have to play that game. We don't have to play the game of what house we, we, we have, what car we drive, to, to live in a certain way so that we can be accepted. Because here's what the gospel says, that you are already loved. We begin with an understanding that Christ died for us and that we are in because of that sacrifice. We are in. And from there... That's when the fun begins. We can live and make choices 
with an open hand where our value isn't tied to our success, our value isn't tied to what we do and how much money we make or what school our kids go to. What it means is that if we begin with the gospel, we are truly free. Who wants to be free? We all want to be free, and this gospel will lead us there. We've come uh, to the end of verse 10 today, and our time is, of course, cut short. But we're going to continue chapter 1 in the podcast, so try to find that in the Wednesday email. We'll continue this discussion. And then next week, Jake's actually on, on the mound, and he'll, he'll, he'll tackle uh, chapter 2 of Galatians. But uh, we end today, uh, I'm going to invite the, the Cole to come back up because we're going to end with the song, Holy, Holy, Holy. And if we could all stand up, if, if it's convenient for you. And as we sing these words, may we sing with this passion, knowing that the gospel is in the order it needs to be. It's not perverted. Number one, that you are intrinsically loved. All of you is loved and because of that love and acceptance, you don't have to earn your worth and value. It's already there because God is holy. And may we sing with all of our hearts this truth, that God is the reason we can sing with joy and gratitude, that our God is holy, holy, and holy. Let's sing together.